Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scott Stevin Podcast. I am Scott. And wonderful. Hope you had a wonderful uh, uh, wonderful weekend. I know it has been getting warmer and hotter here in Ohio. And joining me today, I have two guests. Uh, with me is my co-host, Micah Current, and also a person who has been on the show uh, more than once, Jordan Halstead. Uh, host in uh, of the uh, Nerd Talk with uh, Jordan Halstead. Welcome, gentlemen. It is officially summer. That was Ooh. a long introduction. That was the <laughs> longest introduction in the history of the show. <laughs> but it's great to be. It's good to be here with you as always. It's good to be in the house of the Scott Seven Podcast instead of the house of Nerd, like with Jordan. On Thursdays. That does happen on Thursdays, yes. Thanks for having me, Scott. Yep. All right. So before we uh, dive right into our topic at hand, stories gone wild, I will go ahead and jump first because I just thought that this was fascinating. So years ago, this is 10 years ago, uh, I was on Facebook and, you know, someone posted um, kind of this quote, like something that they learned from Bible study, and they posted the quote, And it was about um, the parable of the 99 sheep. And I guess whatever this um, former camper of mine, uh, she posted a post about how the shepherd would break the legs of the sheep so that the sheep would always stay by the shepherd. And that's how the sheep always stay close together. And then they tagged a quote by someone else I know, someone who I've worked on staff with at Marengo. Well, instantly when I saw this post 10 years ago, I made the comment, I go, uh, I think this is bad theology. <laughs> and I talked about spiritual abuse and how I think that this is not really a good interpretation of this. Well, the student who posted it didn't comment. It was the person who actually said it, the staff member I worked with for years, starts charging at me and starts having a debate with me. And I'm thinking, okay, and I'm just kind of being, you know, I'm not angry or anything. I'm just typing, but this person's really, I could tell just by how they're typing and the words they're saying, not only being aggressive, but even kind of making some like little digs at me too. So after responding a couple of posts and seeing this was going nowhere, I just kind of stopped and let it sit and just kind of let me read everything. Let me process everything. And if I feel let up, I'll, I'll type something up the next day. Well, I never had the opportunity to type it up the next day because not only did that person delete all the posts, but they unfriended me on Facebook. This was 10 years ago. Fast forward to last week. I'm watching the Secrets of Hillsong documentary. And I'm watching episode two, and it's kind of focusing on Carl Lentz and and his stuff. And he's kind of talking about his side of the story. But then there's a clip of Carl Lentz talking about the shepherd breaking the legs of the sheep. And I'm sitting there listening to this, and I'm like verbatim exactly what was written was on there. And they were talking about how this was bad theology and how it was spiritual abuse. And I'm sitting here, my mind's being blown right now. I'm like, man, it took 10 years. I felt so bad thinking, oh, man, I really ruined a friendship over a Twitter debate. And here... All of a sudden, I'm seeing that the person, it wasn't an original thought, first of all. And not only that, 
But even other people who are analyzing this teaching are saying, yeah, this isn't good either. And that, so I just thought that was just kind of a, a strange story. Just like, wow, that that's interesting to me. I just, sometimes I don't know what to do when stuff like that happens. Like after time has passed and you finally realize, oh, I actually was kind of in the right on this. Oops. So that's my story gone wild. It's not really wild, but I just thought it was interesting happenstance. I thought you were going to call on somebody to do the next one. Who wants to go next, fellas? Is it going to be Micah? I think Jordan should since he's our guest today. All right, Jordan, you go. go. Yeah, yeah. So... So we were gifted, um, you know, ministry, sometimes you, you get this beautiful gift from someone, uh, they'll pay for your dinner, they'll say, hey, we'll, we'll babysit, hey, like, this this night is on us. Um, you get those, those gifts, very, very rare, um, depending on your situation, but um, I've been in ministry almost eight years this fall, um, from part-time to full-time and, and whatnot, but we're, uh, we're sitting there about a month ago, and I'm at the zoo, and I get this, hey... Do you want to go see Hamilton with us? I bought you and your wife tickets. And I was like, yeah, like I love Hamilton. I think this is going to be a great show. I've never seen anything live other than like high school drama um, versus like civic theater. Um, so we go last night and I kid you not, like there's this beautiful scene. Like I'm, I'm right near the middle. Like it, I'm in like the perfect spot and right behind me, comes this family with like 10 kids under the age of 10. And I'm like, okay, we're going to see what happens. The kid directly behind me puts his feet up on my chair. And I'm a youth actor. Like I I can handle some good like ribbing and things like that. Like if you're going to be stupid, like I've got patience. At least I like to think I have more patience than I probably do. Um, But I'm sitting there and like through act one, this kid is like just straight up kicking my chair. Like me and my wife both look at him and after act two had started, he started kicking again. And I don't know if he even realized what he was doing or that he was being disruptive. I turned around and I'm like, please stop. And like this kid, I swear he thought I was going to punch him. Like just the straight sheer fear this kid had. And his parents were like, what on earth did you do? And I'm just like, just enjoy the show, Jordan. Just enjoy the show. But someone, looked at me and was like i thought i was gonna stop you from throwing the kid off the edge of the balcony jeez and i'm like I, I i'm trying to figure out like hamilton has a lot of cursing in it and it's got like his love affair and things like that like why do you want to take kids who are under the age of 10 to this thing like i've got a three and a half year old son and katie my wife she's like i think there was someone who brought their kid that's all his age like he looks like he's he's our kid's age and I was like, why would you pay for that seat? Like, these are not cheap seats. These are at least $100 seats. Like, why would you pay for all these seats? Yeah. Just to bring kids who are not going to enjoy the show, who are going to kick the, the chairs in front of them that are, are talking and, and singing wrong, which is even funnier. The kids were singing the wrong lyrics. Um, but I'm, I'm just like, they. I mean, sure, you can enjoy the show. But right now, at that age, just let them enjoy Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah. And I think I've, I'm with you too. Cause even in movie theaters, there's been times where I've sat in a movie theater, like a rated R movie and I'll see like a trail of like five kids coming in there. And I'm thinking you should not be in this movie theater. And, oh, yeah. 
and then even not only that, but then pretty soon it's very telling because then all of a sudden you'll see these kids probably within the first like very like intense scene get up and walk out. And it's and, and sometimes I don't know if it's just because they went into the wrong movie theater or I know there's sometimes where I've seen parents literally they will take and this was back like early 2000s. I don't think they'll get away with this anymore, but literally give money to their kids, drop them off at a movie theater for a couple hours. Oh, yeah. And then and then the kids are in there by themselves and there's no parental supervision. Yeah, I know they do that. And I know there's been a couple of times where it's been like that at amusement parks I've been seeing, especially with Cedar Fair parts, where they're now implementing that there has to be a chaperone policy. Like if you're here, if you're under a certain age, you're going to have to have an adult with your group. You can't be around by yourself, which I'm thinking yep. that's nuts. That's nuts. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Michael, what about you? Um, Yeah, that that's. Did you guys ever get carded for going into movies or like if you weren't 18 or like 17? Because I remember at one point in my life as a kid, like you couldn't go to a movie. There was a point like unless you were 17 or older and was you had to you know, provide, you know, ID or whatever to get into rated R movies. You weren't able to get in. So yeah, um, I got I got carded. I actually have a funny story about that, too. <laughs> I don't know funny. that I ever saw a rated R movie underage. Well, I I'm think just the first one was like 2016. I was already 21. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't remember the first rated R movie I saw in theaters, but like I remember, you know, definitely there was like a card policy where you get ID'd if you would go into a theater and you wanted to try to go see a rated R movie, or you had to be accompanied by your parents or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure if they still do that or not these days. So, um, I don't remember if it was, you know, we we cover a lot of the Marvel movies, but we we went and saw. Uh, there was a movie recently we went and saw, like there's a bunch of teenagers in there. It might've been like Eternals or something like that last, a couple of years back. And they were being obnoxious and it's like, they go in there and they're not even watching the movie. So it's like, why would you even come see the movie? If, um, you know, you're going to, uh, just be disruptive instead of, you know, like yeah. Scott is right now with his alien. So, um, my story's gone wild. It isn't really a story's gone wild, but like I've been sharing over the last couple of weeks about the the, the kind of the journey we've been on, the church we've been attending, and mm-hmm. um, we we told I told the pastor and his wife about our podcast, Scott, and about you know how we have different stories and stories gone wild, and I mentioned the whole hand sanitizer thing, and yeah. I thought it was hysterical. So Susan is is the pastor's wife's name. She comes up to me as soon as we walk into church yesterday, and she was like. I listened to your podcast this weekend. I absolutely love your podcast. I, I just, I love the stories gone wild segment. And I love that you would just talk about our church. <laughs> so she's talking, she's talking about the hand sanitizer and she's talking about, um, I forget what I shared last week. Just don't um, do anything bad. Cause it'll probably be on a podcast. She may not like you talking about the church. She actually, she really loves it. And so she, um, I think it was because last week I shared about how Alicia and I just sit in a different spot every week and people just kind of like, look at us like we're nuts because we want to change it up and not have the same view all the time or the same chair or whatever it is that you have in your venue. And so she comes up to me and she's like, I just, I laugh. She had like a, she was at a conference or something because she's a doctor and she was on her way home and she had a two and a half hour car drive and she listened to a couple of our episodes and she was like, I just think it's hysterical that you share about our church and that you, you take the time. And she was also like, she's like, yours and Scott's voices are just very soothing. They're so easy to listen to. Oh, good. 
<laughs> and so, I mean, I guess people are, people are listening to us and loving. Give loving us a five star review. Say that. Scott and Micah's voice are soothing. It'll put you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it wasn't necessarily a, a crazy story, um, as it was just kind of affirm, you know, affirming what we're doing, and you know, just. Uh, even though we talk about some, you know, pretty controversial topics like we will today, the we're we're able to have fun and talk about, you know, the whole quote stories gone wild segment and you know some of the crazy stuff that we encounter each week as pastors. So, yeah. So, what are we going to talk about today, Scott? So, let's set it up because I feel like well, anytime we talk about a story, I have to set it up. So, Friday last week we talked about the letter you got about the price hike for church registration, minister registrations. Mm-hmm. You and me both went on a rant and talked about it and felt like there's not a lot of good communication or transparency from the Church of God. From the Church and, of God. And, you know, I think people who listen to the podcast may think that we may be a bit critical of the Church of God. But I would say it's more of a us trying to say, hey, what's going on? Trying to keep, you know, trying to keep accountability. Or at least- I would say share and understand are two great words that would help define that. Right. Yeah. Share and understand. Absolutely. So that episode, you know, I had everything uploaded and ready to go. The post at 11 a.m. on Friday, about 6 p.m. on Friday, there's a post from um, Church of God Ministries. Very vague post saying, hey, there's some uh, people out there saying stuff about the Church of God or claiming that they're the Church of God. Uh, the only official stuff that you're going to get about the Church of God is going to be this, our website, jesusisthesubject.org, and our official social media sites, which I thought was very weird. So I took a screenshot of it, and I sent it to Mike. I go, what's this? Like, And I'm, and I'm thinking, man, did I really get underneath the skin of Church of God Ministries that they had to send an official post because I'm everyone's getting outraged about the price? Like, like I don't know what I'm thinking at this point. And then I'm seeing some people talking about Romans 1 and, and talking about all this stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the heck is going on? I'm totally confused. It wasn't until Saturday, someone posted a link to a website called uh, chagafirm.com. And basically, it is a group of people from the movement, Church God Reformation Movement, whether they are currently a part of it or they used to be a part of the Church of God Reformation Movement who have signed this document um, kind of calling the church of God to affirm LGBTQ plus people. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and read just the statement of conviction, just so we can kind of see what this group is, but there's best definitely been some conflict thinking, well, are these people with us? Are these people not with us? There's been some confusion. So, I'll just go ahead and read this. And you can, again, you can read this off their website, uh, chogaffirm.com. It says, a statement of conviction from people formed by the Church of God movement, Anderson, Indiana. There is a strong biblical, theological, and ethical case for affirming same-sex partnerships, transgender identity, and existence, and gender nonconformity as being fully compatible with Christian discipleship and the theological and doctrinal distinctives of the Church of God Reformation movement. The ultimate authority of God, as expressed through the life of Jesus and evident in the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, serves as a defining guide and source for the living out of full inclusion and affirmation of the LGBTQ community. 
Holy Scripture is the inspired word of God and can be trusted to inform a Christ-like practice of full inclusion and affirmation of the LGBTQ community. Tradition, science, reason, and personal and community experience offer the additional insight into the wide gaze of God's good creation through the diverse lens of humankind. All people are sacred and beloved, created in the image of God. Ministers and lay people in the Church of God must have the freedom of conscience to affirm gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer Christians in their lives, partnership, and ministerial callings. The Church of God of Anderson, Indiana's confession of and repentance of the harm it has caused and continues to cause is a necessary step towards healing and reconciliation the church to the LB LGBTQ community. The local congregation gently aids in a healing path of reconciliation through proactive, urgent implementation of inclusion and redemptive practices on behalf of the LGBTQ community and their families. All people are sacred and beloved, created in the image of God. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer Christians must be welcomed and recognized as full participants in the life and ministry of the Church of God at all levels. We can have confidence in God's benevolent intention for the diversity of sexual orientation and gender identity that is represented by the human family. God fully accepts and celebrates people of the LGBTQ community, regardless of faith experience or religious affiliation. All people are sacred and beloved, created in the image of God. And then, yes, something where you could sign your signature. You could read people's stories. There's some resources. There's more information about this movement um, that kind of goes and details all the church communication uh, from 1977 all the way up to 2019, official letters that have been sent to those in higher-ups at Anderson. And there's also a hotline for people to call um, about whatever. Uh, there's the Trevor Project, National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Uh, but that is the statement. And basically, there has been kind of some people who are kind of like, well, does this represent the Reformation movement, Church God Reformation movement? Who are these people? Um, and th so it's kind of created at least a buzz over the weekend. Uh, I haven't really been hearing more about it. Occasionally I've seen some people post some stuff about it on like their Facebook page, mostly people who have already signed this document to kind of let uh, the higher-ups in Anderson kind of know about their stance on the LBGT Q plus affirmation issue or topic at hand. So uh, that's kind of the stage. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on kind of all this? I guess the first thought is, do you feel like Anderson from the Church of God, when they posted that post, do you feel like that has address the issue or do you feel like that was still kind of a very ho-hum very vague because again i had no clue they were talking about this when they first posted it. i didn't really know what they were talking about which again led me down this rabbit hole to find you know the church of god affirmed so either mike or jordan whoever wants to start first so I feel like I just have to be very careful this entire episode. I'm not going to get <laughs> mad. I'm not going to get upset. I'm just going to, yeah. like, I want to, I want to speak with, with an honest and open heart and being transparent as possible. Um, yeah. And I think we can, all three of us can agree to do that during this hour. Mm -hmm. um, I, like you, Scott, had no idea what this was about, right? On Friday when you sent this to me, I looked at it, I'm like, what is going on? And so 
I don't know if you use the word or another friend of mine use uh, use the word called a news dump. Was it you that said that, Scott? I don't know. It wasn't me, so it must have been your friend. So I've I've stated openly on this podcast that I work at Miami University, and usually when they want to send out like this uh, an email blast because we're a pretty big institution, they send something out at four fifty nine or five oh one. And if it's something from the president or the provost or whoever, and it's bad news or it's like a big announcement or something, they wait till everybody has left for the day and then they click send on that bulk email. And that's what they call a news dump or, you know, a story that gets out there that they know that people are going to react to. And most cases, it's super vague. Right. And there's not a lot of crystal clear answers. Right. So. Um, with that being said. Same deal with this this news dump that went out at like five o'clock on on Friday on on Church of God Ministries social media, and they came out and said basically that they they have no association with this group. When Jordan and I talked on Saturday, Jordan was like, well, "Why didn't the Church of God just come out and have a video or did something where they were like, hey, this is where we are, this is where we stand, this is what we're doing, and.'" Be open and transparent. And it goes back, to, you know, Scott, to the conversation you and I had last week about communication across the board. Why can't people be more transparent with their communication? And I've said this as well. Like, for months, communicators, we suck as communicators, right? Yeah. <laughs> we get paid to be communicators. We get paid to be pastors. And we suck at communicating. And I don't understand why it's so hard uh, to get a video saying, hey, this is where we are. But too, I've also said too to Jordan, and I think maybe to you too, Scott, that like it's, I think somebody's going to get upset no matter what you do, right? Like great example of this is like, you're going to have folks like that are on the super progressive side of things on, you know, the East Coast and West Coast that are Church of God pastors and, and leaders of churches across the country who lean in a more progressive sense. And if the Church of God came out and said, we're completely affirming of this, then you're going to have this huge backlash from the, the Bible Belt Pastors Fellowship, super old conservative church of pastors that are, you know, our dad's generations of pastors are still preaching and teaching and, and, and leading churches. And vice versa. If you said that we're totally against this, you're going to get a backlash from the progressives on the, you know, on the East Coast and the West Coast and, you know, in the Pacific Northwest and other parts of the country that share a more progressive stance on things. So, um, up until we hit record today and we shared right before we started, I didn't know this was an actual website. All I saw was the thread on social media where there were people like, you know, um, making comments on that post from Church of God Ministries. And so, you know, as you read this, um, this, this website to us, Scott, you know, we just have to be, be mindful and, and also remind folks that that's not the Church of God. This is a group of folks who have... Um, uh, th is this a group of folks that have taken a stance opposite of what the church of God has even been open about saying or communicating at this point. So Jordan, where are you at with, with this? Did you know this website existed up until we, we did this? Yeah. So I've, I've visited the website. I, I checked it out a little bit. I started reading it. Um, th so there's a few things that I have issues with first and foremost. I have a lot of the issues. Heck, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but I'm trying to heck, be, Trying to set the stage a little bit like Scott did. Yeah. Adding, but, adding on but why, why didn't they just come out straight and say, hey, here's the video of 
who we are, what we believe, our official stance as it stands right now, um, that, hey, we don't have a direct affiliated tie, that this is people claiming to have our name, um, that this is a small group of people who are taking a, a stance on something. Um, while we appreciate that there is conversation happening, this is not the right and correct way to handle it, and we will be addressing it further in the near future. I don't understand why it was not a conversation that that well, that's, could not have happened over. And that's not that hard. No, no. I mean, I, I could film that video within an hour, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, I, I could film it and then do editing and make sure that everything's good. And it's not like we don't have videos and editors who who could easily do this kind of stuff. The, the head of, of the Church of God and not even just Jim, but anybody who is up there like you could have had the Board of Elders. Um, who, who oversee everything, they could have easily gone in and said, we don't, we, we don't agree with what is being said because this is what the Church of God believes. And when they say, and that uh, this is what really kills me, at the end it says, if you want to know where our stance is on these, just call us. And I'm like, it's, why do we need to call you? And is anybody like, going to answer and actually answer your question? Well, and he, so here's the thing. And, and I'll, I'll, I mean, that's the thing about the whole call us thing that bothers me. Because if you, like, for an example, if someone logged on to the Church on Pastoring's website and they want to know, well, what does this church believe about certain topics or what does this church all about? You can click the about thing and you will be able to see a full long page of the Church of God's beliefs, you know, everything else. Um, I mentioned it earlier when I went to the General Assembly, Ohio General Assembly, that when they had their um, justice and equity the Q&A form, right? What was that? Was it the Q&A form thing that you, you were a talking Q&A about? It was a Q&A form. It was a justice and equity Q&A. And someone mentioned about, you know, what, you know, someone mentioned like, oh, what's the Church of God stance on? Are you guys going to approve same-sex pastors or or whatever and the response from the justin equity team was like right now we're just trying to figure out you know if as a church of god if we say we believe these things which the big two topics that they were addressing was women in ministry and race and it's like we already have enough on our hand just trying to tackle these two issues so they're not even trying to tackle the lbgtq issue and the overarching church of god and that was the response from this justice and equity team that spoke at the q a uh at at um ohio ministries but yeah but even like if i mean i don't know I, maybe i need to go on jesus as a subject but I know i'm on there right old. now i'm Is on there, there right now that Scott. talks about what they believe or our beliefs well, or so anything? they believe they talk about the church of god what they believe they talk about jesus as lord they talk about holiness and unity they talk about the great commandments they talk about the supremacy of scripture great commission the kingdom of god trinity women in ministry but then they don't have anything else that's it like it's just basically like blanket definitions for all those things that i just mentioned and highlighted um and then at the bottom it says you'll find a great uh you'll find a great diversity of convictions and practices within the church of God. And then it goes into a description about other things, but there's nothing about like alcohol. There's nothing about uh, LGBTQ. There's well, nothing I, about, yeah. you know, other, other sin things like they would probably talk about uh, if I do a little bit uh, um, deeper digging, they would talk about things like yeah. sin, but they won't talk about specific sin. 
It's, yeah, it's very even, passive. And as Jordan respectfully yeah. said just a few minutes ago, if they would have just put a video together and put that on on Friday, hey, this is uh, whoever I'm, you know, on staff here at Church of God Ministries. I've been assigned the task to say what the Church of God believes and why, publish it. That's a faster way of communicating with folks rather than let's just yeah. be passive about it that, and then not have a, a conversation. Yeah. Or even if they can't do a video, like whatever, like maybe, you know, it's like probably, and I'm, I'm not going to like assume what happened, but I'm sure there's probably a couple phone calls of people who sent emails and it's like towards the end of the day. And it's like, well, we can't put something out, but you could still put something, even if it was like, cause who knows, maybe when they posted that thing Friday, it may have nothing to do with cog firm. It could have been something completely different. It could have been something with the national association for all we know of, but all of a sudden, someone it was so ambiguous someone puts a link to this and they start thinking that this is what they're talking about and it may not even be it because they weren't very clear i mean if they said hey there's been some stuff from church of god affirm here's just kind of this is a group that is talking about you know asking the church of god to affirm lgbtq people um here's our officials like george said here's our official stance even if you just wrote up a quick document and posted it and it even said, you know, we'll have more information to discuss this issue in the coming days because it was on a Friday. And then you have a memorial. And then, of course, it's Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day so, weekend. Yeah. So even then, if you say, hey, here's this, we're going to, you know, we'll have an official addressing or gym lines will officially address this. Even if you're very clear and you can't really officially address what the is. That's a little bit better than people just left up to assumptions and rumors. Well, and, and here's what really bothers me about the lack of communication was they didn't say if it was that or is it the Scott Stedman podcast where they oh, talk yeah. crap like like no no seriously like it could have yeah. been anything and it's like you didn't say specifically and I went and I looked because Micah had sent me the the link and he said hey have you checked this out and I was like oh crap what just happened and I'm reading this and I'm like this gives me no answers it's just like. Honestly, you could have not said anything and 90, I would say 99, 95 to 99% of the Church of God would not have known about Chaga Firm. In that Probably. moment, you brought yeah. more attention by not, by not saying what it was and that people were starting to say rumors, people were starting to, to point fingers. I mean, I looked in the comment section and there were more opinions in there. And I've watched like friends of mine who were like, my brother in Christ, like, like, dude, stand firm in, in the faith, not in, in what you feel. And like, he's talking about this. And this other guy was like, I'm not here to, to make this uh, uh, a fight in the comment section. I'm just telling you how it is. And I'm just like, whoa, like we and Church of God Facebook page has a reputation of like there, there's been some big arguments and fights in the comment sections. Oh, it's, yeah. That's not a thing. But if, well if you were to go to. Yes. And yeah, it's on Facebook. It's always there. Um, but but really, if you took a step back and looked at the post itself, you brought more damaging opinions by not stating what the issue is and by throwing it as as Micah, you said it was an info dump or a news uh, dump. A news dump is what they call it in, in, market, in yeah. marketing. And they did yeah. that on purpose because on Friday at five o'clock on a holiday weekend, their Church of God is hoping this is gonna blow over, but it's kind of dumb because like you said. They drew more attention to it, but at the same time, if they weren't trying to draw attention to it, it was like, okay, we're going to dump this at five o'clock on a Friday. It's a holiday weekend. They're hoping that it blows over and nobody says anything about it come tomorrow. Uh, th there's moments, and, and this is something I've learned in ministry. 
there are some things that are just better left unsaid. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you're trying to hide things. It's that by you bringing it up, by you opening your mouth. I mean, I, I was at a church in Ohio where I, I said, hey, here's my here's my plan. I, I've got a budget. I've got ideas. And because I opened my mouth and I said, hey, I've got this budget I want you to look at. And then I didn't get it to them in time. They were so mad at me because I said one thing and then didn't give them the information that they were expecting. I instead went a different route. Instead of giving them a physical paper, I talked with them. There, It was just not communicated as it was supposed to. And had I just kept my mouth shut and just presented it right then and there at the at the board meeting, it would have been an issue. But it's because of the way I presented and the way I communicated. And a lot of people don't know how to communicate. Like you said, we present the gospel. We present all these things. But we're not great at communicating. And that, that's such a huge problem in, in American culture. And I would say probably in human culture, just in general. But um, like I've had one of the things that, that Steve Child, my senior pastor, has really been focusing on with me is communicate, communicate, communicate. I would rather you over communicate than not communicate enough of the information because what may seem obvious to me is not obvious to everyone else. So whoever wrote that post and, and whatever, whatever happened, I don't know if it was a, Hey, we found out at four forty-five, and we decided to throw a quick Facebook post together or they'd been sitting on it all day. I don't know what the thought process is. I don't know what happened, but you need to communicate better. Because I didn't know what that was. And I was skimming through the comments. And, and it doesn't help when Facebook has it on like the, the most recent or like the, mm-hmm. the highlighted portions instead of all comments. Because not uh, you don't always see all the comments. And it's like, okay, what is this talking about? And you have to scroll all the way to the bottom to find a link. And then if you click on all comments, there's like 20 of the same link in, in the comments. And I'm like, Ugh. and it's, it's just frustrating because we're not talking about it. Well, and two, you know, I, I actually just clicked on it again, Jordan, while you were talking, and there's like, I think, 56 comments on there now, or 53 or 50, oh, yeah. uh, 53 comments and 30 shares. And, um, you know, everything from are we not allowed to have non-threatening conversations about race and sexual ethics to I will turn in my credentials tomorrow if that means you guys are affirming and allowing this kind of belief within you the have, church you, God. Have, you have both sides on the yeah. far left and far right and and as we were talking at the beginning of this with scott scott just having this very real open heart spot of just saying i'm trying to find the middle ground where we can have this conversation well and two like it, you said a word jordan but culture you know culture is definitely taking a role in all of this and yeah. you know we're and the church is the first one to be attacked and um it's it's very frustrating because like uh, if you guys have been following the news, um, Target, if you guys follow the Target story at all, yes, yeah. I have. Target Target lost $9 billion last week because they were pushing the woke transgender clothes. I don't know if it was a clothing line. I don't know if it was. It was an LGBTQ plus kids line. Okay. So people spoke up and they were like, we're done. We're not shopping there anymore. So Target lost $9 billion last week in their stocks because of them pushing this and 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 it's not like right but it's it's more of like okay we're doing this instead of you know trying it out we're gonna just do it right and so like i kind of feel that that way about this with this this talk affirm thing like you said both of you said at one point or another during this podcast we (laughs) i think jordan said it but like 
95 to 99% of people wouldn't have known about this unless Church yep. of God posted about it on their social. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you're going to. Ultimately, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think we're going to have a lot of blowback. Either way. You can't um, just stuff it all back in. So I'm really struggling. And like, we haven't even gotten into the meat of it, but it's like, you know, let's just say you're an ordained pastor and you're for it. Okay. What do you do? And then the church of God says, no, we're against it. What are you going to do? Okay. What if you're against it and the church of God says, you know what I mean? Like, and do the opposite. And it's like, what are you going to do? Um, are people going to hold people accountable? Are people going to like, because people aren't, you know, like I, some of the folks that are coming in the thread, I, I, I've known them because uh, some of them uh, I've been in seminary with, some of them I've uh, taken classes with, uh, all those things. But it, it's it's very frustrating because the lack of transparency, because like, okay, what if somebody said they're for it? Okay. And the Church of God is clearly against it. Does the Church of God then take your credentials? Okay. What if you're against it and then the Church of God is for it? Do you surrender your credentials? Like, what? <laughs> So, where is yeah, the transparency and, and all that? So this is where this is where I can kind of speak a little bit into that just to see what has happened with the UMC over the last few years. Yeah, because you're um, you're working at a UMC church. Just I'm working listeners. at a UMC church, but even then, there was a time where I did a couple podcasts. Uh, one was a podcast with a former uh, Church of God kid who's now a lead pastor at a UMC church, uh, Caleb Henry. Know him from Camp Ministry. We both went to Anderson together. And then also uh, Sarah Locke, who was the uh, pastor at the Christ United Methodist Church in Stanton, which is down the road from where I pastored at the First Church of God. And what happened, the implosion or the explosion that happened there was the UMC church has been affirming of LGBTQ people. They were not affirming of LGBTQ people to be in lead ministry roles, like pastors. So over time, LGBTQ people were being ordained as ministers, and they just kind of, you know, the UMC just kind of turned a blind eye, depending on whoever the bishop was and wherever you were, if you're in a, wherever you were, you just kind of did it like that. Well, now it got to a point where if you were, again, they're on an appointed system. And again, for those of you who are in the UMC, if I'm getting this wrong, feel free to leave a comment, correct me. But from what I understood from those two conversations is it, there could be a possibility that, A, if you have a cisgendered pastor at your church and all of a sudden they get appointed somewhere else and now you have an LGBTQ pastor over at your church, that can cause some issues, Especially since the UMC is a worldwide organization, if you send a LGBTQ pastor overseas to a country that it's basically illegal to be gay and you could be killed and put a lot of people in jeopardy, then there's some concerns about that too. So they were going to take a vote and really the vote came down to either we're going to go back to what was written in the Book of Discipline, which is we're going to go to the highest letter of the law and we're going to enforce this. So no LGBTQ pastors versus the one love plan, which is 
we're just since we're moving in this direction, we're just going to kind of accept everything. They took a vote. Um, everything went to more of the traditional plan. And then all of a sudden people got up in arms because some of those votes technically didn't count by Robert's rules of order because some of them votes were coming in via phone from people who couldn't catch their flight, who had flight delays, who were coming over from European countries or African countries to the General Assembly. So because of that, big blow up, they tried to work things out, tried to hope bend everything over, it didn't happen. So now everyone decided, okay, we're going to have the global Methodists. We're still going to have the UMC. And then if you want to, you could split a third way and just kind of be a non-denominational uh, church and not be affiliated with anybody. And you could go those three ways. And that's kind of what happened uh, with the UMC. And I think a lot of that, that implosion came from, A, people not being strict with, A, with what you believe and what's written and kind of, not talking about it and B when it did become an issue, you just kind of had to kind of play damage control. And then that just didn't work either. By then it was too far gone. And, you know, I think with the church of God right now, there's nothing within the church of God bylaws that is saying that church of God reformation movement is affirming of LGBTQ people but I'm sure there's people who are pastors, people who are who may be kids of pastors or maybe people who grew up in the movement are still part of the movement who think that, hey, the Church of God needs to be affirming of the LGBTQ plus individuals. And I think that's where um, I don't think we're at a point where it's going to be as destructive as what happened with the UMC and that big split, because we are not ordaining. Um, we're not ordaining gay ministers. And again, if someone is gay, lesbian or transgendered and they're a minister and all of a sudden they say, hey, I'm gay, lesbian, transgendered, more likely they're probably going to lose their credentials. At least that's the way I understand it from the higher up aspect of it. So, well, um, I would say that even yeah. if you or even if you marry someone and like the, you're, you're performing a gay wedding, like even that you can, you may be uh, surrendering your credentials. I know that I know a few pastors who've had to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I think the thing that I struggle with and like my wife and I have always said this, and this is a firm belief in our home is that, you know, you can love the person, but not their sin. And if you believe that, being gay is a sin, just like if you believe that being an alcoholic is a sin, just like you believe that uh, adultery is a sin, just like you believe that ad adultery is a sin. Um, Jordan and I had this conversation the other day. I'm sure there's gay people and transgenders that go to your churches. You may or may not know that. And I think, Scott, I shared a story with you about a, a guy that um, attended my dad's church, and he was he was gay. And they found out that somebody in the church found out that he was gay and they told him that he wasn't welcome there anymore. And mm. so they basically just shunned him and, and turned him away. And my dad was just flabbergasted by the, the thought that somebody would say, Hey, you're not welcome here because you're gay. It wasn't that he was coming to church or hurting anything. It was because he was serving and he, they, they, until they knew he was gay, everything was fine. And then yeah. when they found out he was gay, it was like, you're not welcome here. So yeah, and, there's a, yeah. di there's a complete and total difference in, 
being gay and being welcome in the church and being gay and then going into the church and then not being welcome, welcome into the church and not being able to serve. And so like, you know, I have, I have friends that are gay. I have friends that are not believers. I have friends that have struggled for years with their relationship and what they believe as far as both being a Christian and a homosexual. Um, and I love them and I would take a bullet for them. And I've said that before to them, but it doesn't mean that I have to agree with their what they are or what they they claim to be doesn't mean I'm not going to love them. But the other thing that Jordan, I had the conversation about the other day on the phone was that like, where do you, where, at what point do you draw the line and what point do you draw the line as far as they serving in a local church? Like, can they serve? Can they not serve? Are they walking on not, you know, they're walking, you know, towards reconciliation and not being that anymore. Like, and Scott, you said it earlier in reference to, um, you know, are, are they in, uh, not recovery. Recovery is not a word for it, but like they, 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 they've come to, they've come to Jesus. Right. And they've, they've, they believe in Jesus and they've had, they've had the salvation experience and they want to turn from being that. And they're no the longer transformation. Yes. That's transformation. the word. Thank you. Thank you so much. You said transformation. So like the transformation happens or is happening. And so if the transformation has truly happened and they're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not gay anymore. And they're going to be like, Oh, I'm straight. And I'm going to walk with Jesus and do the best that I can. Can they serve at that point? So, so Jordan, mm. you can pick it up from there because I, you and I had that conversation the other day. Well, and I think we need to take and a does, And does anything, does anything that I said just make sense? I'm just, I'm trying to wrap it's, my head well, around this I as we go. Sometimes I feel like, and I'll, I'll, well, Jordan, I'll let you And go. I'm also scared like to have this conversation because <laughs> I don't want to be persecuted, right? Like, I feel like we're going to be persecuted. Well, nah, it's not, cancel I me. Think I'm it's, good. It's, it's, I think. I'm, I'm not trying to, is, I'm not, it's just, it's very, it's, it's, it's hard. It's a difficult I, conversation to have because you know you're 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 afraid that you're going to be persecuted because you that's just the culture we live in. It's the culture that we live in. Whether you share your beliefs one way or another, it's like oh, you're always going to have somebody that's opposing you, right? And if I don't agree with that, it's like oh, oh, you're not a firm. No, it's just what I was raised on and what I believe in. Why? Well, I want to know: is it a difficult conversation because? of the culture we're in or is it a difficult conversation yes. because for years anytime when this conversation has come up we're not going to have the conversation and now it has gotten to the point where now it has to be you can't, it has to happen because you've denied the conversation yeah. and now we're well i've also a, you pushed it off too long the, the bomb's ready to explode well i've also wanted to say too to both of you like when we started this why now why is this a thing now like, like to piggyback Scott of what you just said, like we've mm-hmm. avoided this conversation for years and years and years. Why now? What, what's, what's changed? I mean, culture has changed. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so let's take a step back really quick. Cause I feel like there's two questions that I really want to talk about. One, is it the sin that they're gay or is it that they're acting upon it? And where do we stand on that? Because for me, like my brother drinks now, he had this conversation with me. He said, you know, just because I drink does not make me an alcoholic. The alcoholic side becomes the sin where if I enjoy a drink here and there, Jordan, like we were raised so conservative. Like my parents were like, don't drink, like don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. And my brother came to me and he said, you know, I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. Scripture says, don't get drunk. If I'm, if I'm going and getting drunk, like that's one thing, but being gay, I, I take it the same way. Like, if they are attracted to somebody, like they can't fight attraction. 
that's something that God has to work on them with. That's that's not something that they can just be like, because I mean, like if I see if I see someone who, who is good looking, I'm going to take notice to that. I mean, anybody would. It's, it's just an instinct. But to act on it, like I think that's where that line gets drawn. If, if we were to go in and say, hey, like, because because you said your your dad's church, they, they threw him out that or they said you're not welcome, that guy. You know, what if he's not acting gay? What if he's not acting upon those urges? He's not he's not looking at it that way. Mm-hmm. What if what if he's just saying, you know, I'm just attracted to men, um, but I'm living a celibate life. I'm, I'm not acting on this. OK, is that wrong? Like, I, I would disagree with that personally. And honestly, I don't care if they're they're people who who are acting on that or not. I won't have them in a, in a leadership position to serve, but that wouldn't stop me from letting them serve. Um, and, and when I say serve, I mean like or being welcome hey, in the church. Yeah, you're welcome in the church. If you if you want to come in and we're doing a service project, like like Chartel one time did a we're we're packing food. Like we were serving the homeless. Like we were serving the community. Like, hey, can you come help us with this? You're not in a in a leadership role. You're not like we're not depending on you for spiritual guidance for anything of that nature. But would you be like willing to help feed uh, and pack bags so that the, this group of people get food? Um, would you be willing to to prepare a meal? Um, on our kitchen crew and and let them be immersed in a Christian society and to have other people love on them and show them Christ's love because that's what's going to change their heart not not me going and saying you can't be gay like no I, I don't care what people say like I'm not going to change your heart Jesus will would you agree with that I see mm-hmm. I see some some lip smacking over there I'm up in my attic and I'm hot, so my lips are drying oh, out. Okay. So I'm just. <laughs> Scott, you said you turned the air on, right? I did, but I'm still burning up. I still have all my studio lights on me. That's your blood pressure. Gotcha. But I mean, here's 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 where here's where I kind of get a little bit testy, a little bit, and it's not necessarily. And I'm just going to. That's why. That's why you're hot. And that's why I'm getting hot. I'm just going to he's, move the LGBT. I'm just going to move the whole LGBTQ thing off to the side. I think if you are a church that's going to say, well, you know, very conservative, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't beat your wife, you don't watch porn, you don't do any of these things, and if you do, it's a sin. And then. If that is it, then you need to be consistent with that and cleared up front, even in a local congregation setting. The thing that would, I mean, I still remember the one question that bothered me when I was uh, candidating, when I got my position in Virginia, was they asked me if a if a gay couple came to your, if the gay couple came to the church, would you accept them into the church? I'd say, yeah, I believe anybody who wants to come and learn about Jesus, they're, they're invited to come to the church and learn about Jesus. Absolutely. And everybody in that group's like, okay, they they like that answer. They're like, okay. And then the next answer is like, well, how long, if they are not repentive of their lifestyle, how long should they stay in the church before I kick them out? And it was a weird, so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, well, that's a weird question because A, who, who decides on how long the transformation process happens? It's yeah. not me who decides transformation. If I mean, my hope is, is if these, if this couple comes and they want to come to Jesus and they love Jesus, they give their lives to Jesus and they want to learn more about Jesus in their, in, in the Holy Spirit's doing a work in their lives, then that's not for me to judge that on what the Spirit's doing in their lives. I'm just there to kind of help guide them and usher them and be a guide in that process. And yet, 
there's a statute of limitations on how long that couple can be in the church before I say, give them the boot. But yet you can have a narcissistic alcoholic serve as an elder on your elder team and tolerate bad behavior and inexplicit bad behavior from this person for 30, 50 years in your church, but you keep them around because they have this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're going to say this stuff is sinful and you want to be rough with it, then then be rough with it. Now, if you're then yeah, okay. If you're not being transformed, gay couple, bye. But at the same time, you who's an alcoholic, if you're not being transformed and you're still drinking alcohol and still kind of yelling at people in church in the parking lot, then you need to go too. You're not welcome here anymore. If that's going to be your stance. And at the same time, if you're going to be affirming to everybody, then affirm everybody, bring everybody into the door, hookers and prostitutes, bring them all in, but don't say, okay, we're going to bring these people in, but you people, <laughs> you wearing that red hat, get out of here. Like, to me, I just think that it has to be about consistency, not only from the top, but even at the bottom of the local level. And I think that's that's my biggest issue with with this conversation is that you know, if the church, if I believe that the church is supposed to be a place of healing, supernatural spiritual healing, then I believe all people should be able to come in and be healed by the Holy Spirit. But I feel like the only way people are going to be healed by the Holy Spirit if his people are going to be inviting and be the disciple makers into leading these people to disciples and not necessarily to say, this is wrong, this is sinful, but this is Christ, or at least what I see other people do, like, okay, if you are, and that's the one thing about this statement at the very beginning, they say there's a strong biblical case. But yet, throughout their website, I do not see any scriptures at all. Backing any of their points. Any of their points. I mean, in the about section, they give a good paper trail of historically where the Church of God has been on this issue from... um I believe it was uh, Byram's, was it Byram? I think it was Byram's uh, article on homosexuality in November of 1977 to, uh, I think there's one where there's a letter from uh, Bob Moss who kind of addresses all this issue. And even at the end of that letter, I think it's the July 2015. And all these historical records are on this website, which again, shows really good, clear communication (laughs) from the Church of God Affirmed. So Good job, Church of God Affirmed, for showing clear communication as far as where, as a movement, where we've been on this issue and detailing that. But if you're going to say there's a good biblical case for it, then where is it? Because I'm not seeing it on this website. And I think you got to prove it. Yeah. I mean, or at least if this is the scripture you're using and you want an interpretation, interpretation is good in community. If you're going to throw up a verse and say, okay, here's our verse. And it's going to be this specific verse right here, or like God is love first John. Okay. Let's have that conversation. Let's discuss it. And that's where we can have the conversation, but don't say there's a strong biblical case and you don't put anything. Don't say there's a strong theological case. And I see no theology on this website. And it's like Jordan said earlier, something like drinking, right? If you talk about sin, micro, macro, what's going to be the first 
couple of sins that you hear about. Race, LGBTQ, things like that that are hot button topics in our society these days. But you're not going to talk about things like drinking and drugs and and, and alcohol or, and, or and, smoking. And like if you think that. smoking's a sin, like smoking or, or smoking, but like or premarital you, sex, premarital sex, vaping. You only hear about that at youth conventions. <laughs> I never, yes, at youth conventions. But like, if you, when, when you're you know, 60 years old, you don't care about that anymore, right? But like, you know, two two verses that come to mind when you talk about sin: Romans three twenty three, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody sins. We were born into sin. We were born into this world sinners, and that was the point of salvation. That was the point of Jesus Christ coming to this earth to fulfill the Trinity, to die for our sins, to be raised again, so that we can have life in Him. Another verse that comes to mind is that if we welcome folks in, if we welcome everybody, because we yet yeah, we were all sinners, yet Jesus died for us, right? There's another verse, right? If we all have sinned and we all were born into this sinful world, we're all going to find and work our salvation out, as Philippians 2 tells us, to work our salvation out in fear and trembling, our own salvation, right? So we're going to have to find the church. We're going to have to have that relationship with Jesus. We're going to have to, you know, fall before God, God's glory and, and, and you know, confess our sin and become one in him. It doesn't say the sin, what the sin is. It just says for all has fallen short of, you know, the glory of God. And we've all sinned and we've all screwed up and we've all, you know, whether it's, whether it's LGBTQ, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's porn, whether it's uh, idolatry, whether it's, you know, premarital sex, as Jordan was saying, like there are all these issues, but yet what gets the press, the hot topic issues that we hear about now in the news and in the media and on social media and things like that. And so like, I don't think it's coincidence too, that, you know, you hear things about like Bud Light and Weiser Bush Ford uh, target and other, other uh, stores that have recently um, taken a stance one way or another on, on uh, transgender or LGBTQ or whatever it is. And then you see the backlash and I don't find it a, co- a coincidence that you hear that the same exact week that that stuff happens. And now the church of God is, is, is doing some of that same stuff with this website. And so um, it's not church of God. I'm sorry, Chaga firm, which is not associated with, with the church of God. Um, but it's, it's very um, frustrating. But in the last two to three minutes that I've shared, I've, I've given you three or four scriptures, right? And you wanted to talk about theology. You want to talk back, back backing up your points of scripture. I feel like I did that and they didn't do that on their website. Well, I, I had an argument fair? recently. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, there, there was an argument I had recently, um, and it, it was a, a very civil argument with this person, but he, he kept saying, you know, this is okay. This is a lifestyle that is – I don't see it as a sin. And I said, okay, so if you believe that Scripture is all affirming, that it is it is the living, breathing Word of God, can you point to me any Scripture that affirms – homosexuality because there there's there's scripture that says against it so can you show me anything new old testament that says that it is okay and that it is productive that it is like when they talk about heterosexuality like this is where it's at like this is the it it talks about unity it talks about the communion between a man and his wife it talks about procreation like it, it gives the different benefits for this and i said if you can if you can right here right now tell me anywhere where it does the same thing that it talked about with heterosexuality to homosexuality in the same positive light, I'll stand by you. But there's nothing in scripture that tells me that this is okay. And, and so for me, like 
I'm trying to love these people. I'm trying so hard to make sure that I understand what their point of views are. And, and I've, I've talked with a few friends in psychology who are also pastors, and they said one of the biggest issues that, that's not being talked about is that people who deal with homosexuality, a vast majority also have sexual trauma. They've, they've got trauma in their life that has pointed them. And it's not a direct correlation. There's no study that's specifically saying that right now. But they've seen it when they've done this. And they said, I've seen probably 100 people who've gone through this. And the vast majority, it comes out that there's some type of trauma in their past. And I, I like you were saying, that it's no coincidence that it's this week um, that all this is happening. I remember back in February, um, there was the, I want to say the, the TMA, the GMA, something like that, um, where where Sam Smith came out dressed like Satan, and he was was doing the uh, song Unholy. And what happened right after that? What do you guys remember? What happened right after that? The the following no, week, man. I don't follow the GMAs. <laughs> Asbury Revival, Asbury mm. Revival happened right after, and 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 I I remember sitting back thinking, when Satan is ready to make an attack, God one ups him. He, there's mm. never a moment where Satan has the upper hand. And I'm sitting back thinking, okay, if if the Church of God Reformation Movement through Anderson, Indiana, would go in and just say, this is where we stand. We're not saying that they can't be a part of our church. We're not saying that we have anything against them, but that sin is a sin is a sin. And that God sees all sin as just removing yourself from alignment with him. Willful transgression all, against God. Absolutely. That we need to align ourselves back with God, ask for forgiveness, repent of our sin. No matter if, if, if you agree with it being a sin or not, whatever is removing you from a, a solid relationship with God, that's where we need to come down to. And, and the Church of God really just needs to, to come out and just give the full statement. This is where we stand. Now, I do know you're going to have backlash, but I think that that's where it needs to, it, it needs to be said. We, we can't push this conversation off anymore. We can't we can't keep pushing it down the road well, and we and, can't keep and, avoiding it. And I think that's the big and I mean, here's the thing. I think the big thing is, is there has to be. At least something there has to be at least a conversation or there has to be something, even if it's at an, a general assembly, just basically saying, hey, because even, you know, looking at the resources and stuff, even the thing with the. Uh, the letter that Bob Moss wrote where he's kind of talking a little bit about the uh, about the kind of the history of where it's gone from 1977 all the way down. Uh, there was something he says at the end. It's like, you know, we're still going to continue to prayfully have these conversations and kind of search the scriptures too. And I think, I don't know, like for me, I think that it's something where if we're going to just say, well, it's this and nothing, if you're going to say it's this or nothing, then make it say it's this or nothing. And then those who are not in agreement with it, then they can, you know, they can just choose if they want to stay within the church of God or not. They could choose to get ordained in the church of God or not. If you're well, going to say, if you're going to, but if you're going to continue to walk this tightrope, and I think that's a big thing. If you're going to walk the tightrope, at least walk the tightrope with purpose. At least walk the tightrope saying, okay, we're going to try to build a bridge and we just want to sit and have conversations and let us 
not try to rush anything, but let us be proactive in having this discussion. Let us be proactive in searching the scripture. Let us be proactive in looking at counseling data, scientific data, whatever it is, and then have a bipartisan group of people from the Reformation movement, people from Church of God Affirm, saying, okay, we sat here, we talked about everything, and here's basically where we kind of came up with. And go from there. If you're not going to be direct and you're, or you're going to kind of balance it, but you're not really have any direction on where this tightrope goes, you're just kind of standing on a slack line and hope you don't have your legs spread and wax you right between the legs, then at least have a purpose with what you're doing. If you're still going to keep the door open, if the Church of God wants to still continue to keep the door open to have these LBGTQ conversations, then at least have a purpose, at least have a plan, at least invite people whose signatures are on this thing and have the conversation. If you're going to say, as a as a movement, saying, this is not up for discussion. Everything we said in 1977 is the same thing what we believe in 1995, is the same thing we're going to believe in 2023, then say it. And be done with it. One of the last things I want to say, because I feel like I could go all day about this, but oh yeah, you know, I think but, so too. <clears throat> one of the things that is very hurtful mm-hmm. to me is, and and who's somebody who's who's experienced this, and and you guys could probably you know share uh, your experiences too. But like full transparency, this is this is. You know, part of the reason pastors our age are leaving the ministry every day. And it's not because of a partisan conversation. It's because of the lack of transparency as to what we believe and why. It's like, why why can't we have open communications and know what we believe and why? And again, whether you are, I don't know, one way or the other on on certain topics, that can actually form your theology. And if your theology doesn't align with the lack of transparency within the Church of God Anderson movement, Mm -hmm. denomination, um, denomination, um, that we... We continued. Does that make sense? Like, I, it's it's yeah. no wonder that it, pastors and young young leaders of the church are leaving the ministry every single day, especially in the Church of God, because they don't have a sense of awareness, a sense of what's going on. What do we believe and why? And you know, some other uh, issues that we are are forced to have conversations about that we aren't even comfortable with. Well, here's well here's a good story. When I got when I got ordained back in two thousand and ten. I remember because Chris Cottrell was the chair of Central District when I had to go and defend my statement of beliefs. And, you know, they said they had everything I wrote was good. But the big thing he did, which I thought was very important, is how do you communicate this, these topics, these, these 12 statements of the Church of God that you believe? How do you communicate those? And he even said, because, you know, especially on the topic of holiness within the Church of God. You know, he says, I know people who say that holiness is kind of not important anymore as far as a theological issue. So I think in the same way, like if we say, I believe this is what I believe about creation. 
This is what I believe about the nature of sin. This is what I believe about God. This is what, okay, that's great. I'm glad that on the Church of God website, they have these big statements of what they believe about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the church, everything. But how does we take those theological beliefs that we believe in, that we signed up for when we tried to say, I want to be ordination with this movement because I believe in this movement. How do I implement that into everyday life? How do I talk about holiness with somebody who is in a, who has been spiritually abused and holiness was used as a way of oppressing and abusing people in the church? You know, how do you address those issues on the topic of holiness? And I think that's the key thing that I think we as pastors and I think church leaders need to realize we can have these great deep theological pillars and talk about it all day, but if we cannot implement them and really speak to people's lives who are hurting and people who need the church or need Jesus and need the Holy Spirit in a way to transform their lives because we're too hung up on high theology and we're not low theology, we're actually implementing this to help people be transformed, then, then we're, we're really missing the mark here. Well, yeah, but what happens if, like, say, the three of us, the three of us guys have been ordained in the Church of God and we were ordained under some sort of umbrella, this is what we believe, whatever it's holiness, whether it's women in ministry, whether it's ordinances of baptism, communion, um, foot washing, etc. And then 10 years down the road, after we've been ordained for 10 years, we change and go somewhere radically different than what we were raised on, what we were uh what we were brought up in within our, our process of being ordained, the classes, the, the the learning, the process that we went through, whether it was leadership focus or in your case, Scott, before leadership focus, when you had to write your theological statements and kind of meet with a group, that stuff changes. Like what happens at that point when yeah, we just, when things completely just change and like, yeah. do we just adjust? Do we just flip on a dime? Do we, do we, you know, it, it's. Well, I think that's, that's the, the key word that the communication you said, Michael, piece. was. Yeah, the key word you said was radically. Like, if you go from one stance to radically going the other way, that's going to be a hard thing to adjust. And I think, you know, because I think, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think times when I've looked back at what the statement of what I believe that I wrote back in 2012, there are some things that I would say would, would be different than what I believe, but it's not a radical shift. It's just a slight subtle shift of just different ways. But I think it'd be the same way. Like if I had a really radical shift of what I believed within the church of God, then basically what I would do is I'd say, okay, is there any, if I still feel God's calling on my life to be a pastor and there's been this big shift, then I need to go, okay, well, it, what other movements or denominations are out there that address this issue that I believe and then go seek ordination with them and just transfer my ordination. And I, I mean, if it's a great radical shift where I could say, you know, I can no longer stand behind the Church of God Reformation movement because I no longer believe whatever the theological, big radical theological shift is, then I just go and I look for ordination in a different denomination that, I mean, it's going to suck because... But should you know, we have I, to do that? Uh, well, I guess that's the thing. I mean, well... I, I would say, yeah, because if you say, no, I'm not going to do that. And then the church, yeah, goes, what if okay, I... well, if you're not going to conform, you lose your license. And then where are you? You're, you're well, either way. It's either I gracefully 
make the jump myself and say, okay, I'm just going to make the shift. I saw my credentials in hand. I'm just going to put it over here and maybe take a couple classes and do a couple hoops I have to jump through to get ordained as, you know, reformed or Baptist or whatever. Versus, okay, there's a radical shift. I'm still going to hold on to my credentials. And all of a sudden, it's going to be taken away from me because I'm not going to because I'm not going to follow alongside this. And then all of a sudden I don't have anything. All my, so my what happens and everything is gone. So let's say, let's say I change or you change or Jordan changes to another church or denomination. And then that church starts affirming in something you don't believe in. So do you just do it again and just keep hopping and hopping and hopping until you find somewhere that doesn't do that. Well, and I think I'll this never is change. Of, well, I think, but I think this is the big thing that DS Warner got into at the very beginning about, denominations because if you get so caught up in denominations you're eventually going to be disappointed so i think that's the kind of the big argument that ds warner had like why do we have why can't we just be christians why can't we be one church of god not denomination but one church of god you know just that but once you became a denomination you now have to struggle with these issues about sanctification about whole, how the Holy Spirit works and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Do we flop on the ground as fish, don't we? You know, or or even the thing with LBGTQ issues. You now have to deal with that as a denomination. If you weren't a denomination, you could just say, well, whatever. It's whatever you believe the Bible teaches and what you believe theology and the scriptures say. Then if you think that, if you can prove that scripture is in support of LBGTQ issues, and all this stuff, and that's what you believe, then there you go. There's no higher up or there's no credentialing board that's going to stop you or take away your credentials because there is no denomination to stop you. And then you don't have to worry about jumping ship to ship to ship and there's a radical shift in theology on what you believe. I mean, even if we get away from the LGBT, the LGBTQ issue and just say baptism, okay, Church of God says, okay, we're now going to baptize babies. How many of us are going to be like, okay, whoop, I'm jumping off the ship. Jordan is. Jordan's jumping off that ship. I'm not baptizing a baby. Not today. I mean, but I mean, even even the whole baptism of baby thing, and I'll I'll kind of wrap this up. Even like uh, my pastor at the UMC church, he originally was part of the Brethren movement, who which they did child dedications. When you go to the UMC, you're now doing baby baptisms and even she had issues with it but then once she sat down and talked with people and they're able to understand why they do the things the way they do and she was able to understand that she's like okay i have a better understanding of it and i'm fine with it and she's okay with doing it now and i'm sure she sat there and she goes okay i understand but i'm still not okay with it that she probably would have just went and probably been with the church of the brethren or be ordained church of the brethren or some other thing that would have fit aligned with her views so yeah i've been i think i mean i think even though we've kind of skirted around the lgbtq issue or at least the chicago firm issue and not really dive deep into that whole thing i mean the big issue is that there has to be a conversation and there has to be communication all communication. the way all the way all the way i feel around. like the last couple of podcasts has been about communication it really has to be about communication well, and uh, Scott, I'll tell you this much. In two years of being out here in Oklahoma, if I've learned anything, 
It's just that we have to learn how to communicate. It's not just about presenting the gospel. It's not just about reading words on a screen. It's about communicating effectively that people understand the message, that they understand what God is trying to say, and that we are communicating through our ship. Um, like there's going to be moments in our ministry where we're not going to agree, but if we communicate well, we can find common ground to agree to disagree and not in a hostile or negative way where we walk away saying, well, that was unproductive. Like if we can communicate things properly, if we can learn how to, to communicate it at all. Um, well, that, that we will, we will succeed because communication is there. We will never succeed if we cannot communicate. And I think even that, even that just communicate and listen well too, so we can understand yes. people. And then even if we understand people and we still disagree, at least I have a better understanding of your position and your view versus me just kind of coming in with preconceived notions or just kind of grasp or just going through the basic like assumptions, which are non not true. Yeah. All right. So friends, I don't know where to go with this. We're done. I'm hot, but thank you, Jordan, for joining us. Thank you, Micah, again. Absolutely. For your again, like you said at the beginning, you know, we want to try to be careful with this um, because, you know, there's a lot to really unpack here, but really, yeah, communication and listening are going to be key to really try to. Basically well, they're going to be key out. in the next few steps. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They're going to be very key. And we'll just, and I guess we'll just be seeing how the Church of God responds to this or if they're going to continue to sweep it under the rug and kind of see what's going to explode, if anything, if they keep sweeping under the rug. Because sweeping under the rug is not going to win any favors. It's not going to, it's really just going to cause a lot of damage to on both sides of the aisle, wherever you stand on this. Yeah. And keep sweeping it and not addressing it. But friends, that's us. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And we'll be back at baby. Blah, 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 I can't even talk. Be back with another episode. I almost did my porky pig impersonation. <laughs> Bye. Guys. Uh.